So nigun in Hebrew is a palindrome. Nun, gimel, nun. So, What's a palindrome? A, a word that's read backwards and forwards the same okay, way. Right. Mom, mm-hmm. dad. Right. Um, but nigun is, even in English it is. Yeah? No, no, in English no, it's, it's not, not, but in Hebrew, nun, gimel, nun. Yeah. It's the, the snake, uh, it's the Ouroboros, the snake eating its tail, right? So the melody, the end is in the beginning and the beginning is in the end, and so it'll help us both catch our breath and center ourselves. be in the in the present which is the fulcrum of any palindrome
to counting the Omer. So that's the part of the Sidor that we're going to look at tonight, because that's the part of the year we're in. Um, we're in one of the seven weeks of the seven-week cycle. We have a text from a website called opensidor.org. Uh, Sidor, of course, is prayer book. Uh, and the website, actually, the URL is at the very bottom left of, your, of the article. This is just an excerpt. Um, Open Cedar, it's an amazing uh, resource taking the principles of open source material, right? That it's, uh, that's a wonder. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, uh, freeing, freeing works from copyright, right? So either because they belong to the public domain or they belong to the Jewish people, uh, it's a blog, I, rather it's a wiki, meaning it's... Um, mm-hmm. All right. I don't know what it is, but keep you going. You said we stirred something up. Before I came here, it was stirred up. Okay. It's the pollen, possibly. No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stop guessing. Um, you know, a wiki is a publicly editable website, so it's a, a resource that's curated by um, another JTS student named Aharon Varady, who comes to Rome sometimes. <laughs> but it, there are contributions from people all over the world. Um, uh, so this article was contributed by. So this um, is when you're talking about open sea door. Yeah, yeah, and this and this the address is right there. Okay. Um, it's hard to navigate. I mean, it's kind of more for the. Yet. It's fine. Um, I wouldn't say that its accessibility ranks high, but its resources are incredible. Um, there are full sidorim online in digital mm-hmm. format in mm-hmm. multiple. Nuschaot, um, like the Ashka, there's a full Ashkenazi sidor, there's a full Sephardi sidor, there's a Chabad sidor, there are um, Arabic transliterations of the sidor, there are versions of the Haggadah. That's an amazing resource. Um, and this particular article was contributed by Rabbi David Seidenberg, who um, has another website. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Feeling for you. Thank you called neohasid.org. So his website is full of other kind of resources, but a lot of neo Neohasid? Neohasid, N-E-O-H-A-S-I-D.org. And there are lots of nigunim there and uh, interesting stuff. He is a character. He's also an, another JTS grad. His um, doctorate was in um, <coughs> eco-psychology and Kabbalah. Hmm. Oh, that's wonderful. So, Tell his name again. David Seidenberg. Seidenberg. It's actually here. Yeah, yeah, we should have his... Just uh, notice uh, Okay, so let's, this, this first, these first four indented paragraphs are quoting Reb David. So let's uh, someone start and uh, we'll read these paragraphs and dive into some text. <coughs> Because there are seven lower sephirim. Oh wait, you're not on page one. Uh, well, actually, it's page two. This this is the first page. I think you flip, you might have this one. Four paragraphs. Yeah. Every night. Yeah, yeah. I think you just got a little. They are numbered in the lower right hand corner, but it starts on page two. Mm-hmm. Every night during the Omer, we say a blessing for Jehovah's <coughs> Mitzvah, and then we say the count 
which leads us from Passover to Shavuot, from the barley harvest to the wheat harvest, and ultimately to the first offering on Shavuot itself of wheat from the new harvest in the form of 12 loaves. Okay, long sentence. Grammatically correct, but maybe would have been edited a little <coughs> differently. But you get it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, this part of the Sidor and this part of the service, we do this Friday night as well. <coughs> we say a blessing, and then we count something, and we do this for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. Keep going. During the time the Omer was counted, wheat from each week would be brought into the temple and waved as an offering. Rare, really, as a prayer from the harvest that the harvest would become would come in successfully. A possible reason why there is a custom not to shave or cut our hair during this time is to pray with our bodies for the growth of mm. the wheat. Right. So there's a uh, <coughs> orthodox custom, strong in the Hasidic world, not to trim your beard at all or, or take a haircut. Um, I think there. They mean something even more concrete. I think they mean that when you cut your hair, you're harvesting your hair. Mm -hmm. And they're thinking that, you know, whoops, let's not blow it, let's not tempt fate. Right, right, let's not cut anything prematurely. Nice. Do you want to skip on the reading? No, I I love to read. Okay. The Omer count is made... Uh, each day. Oh, each day between the beginning of Passover and Shavuot gets counted 49 days in all, seven weeks <clears throat> of seven days. That makes the Omer period a miniature version of the Shemitah and Jubilee cycle of the seven cycles of seven years. Okay, do we need to pause there? Or we yes, know? I don't okay. know what those So Shemitah is the seventh year. It's the sabbatical year. <clears throat> So there are certain laws pertaining to letting the field lie fallow um, every seven years. It's like it's a it's a it's a proto crop rotation system. It's unclear whether or not it was actually ever. Um, oh no, no, shemitah is still observed. I'm sorry, shemitah is still observed. Uh, certain produce is is tithed in a special way, even in um, Israel currently. And chazon this. Um, large Jewish environmental organization is actually using Shemitah as a, as a teaching platform um, f- trying to bring awareness in advance of the next um, next year that Shemitah is happening in Israel, uh, which is 2013-2014, on Parsha Bahar, which is coming up, which is the Parsha in a f- it's early May, where this is taught, where, where we have the teachings of Shemitah in the Torah. You know what it reminds me of? <clears throat> is that story about um, Joseph? And his brothers, or something. And right, seven, seven lean years and seven fat years. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> it's interesting that we sort of interpret that now psychologically more than we're not farmers, most of us. Most of us are so far removed from our dependence <laughs> but upon yet food. Yeah, we can take meaning out of this. Right. Well, I mean, yes. Uh, part of the fact that there's a psychological interpretation layer to our tradition is the fact right. of our alienation from the planet. Say that again. We use the the fact that we use psychology and myth to interpret our lives has great deal to do with the fact that we are exiled from our bodies and from planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Rabbinic Judaism is a response to not having a homeland, and that's not a metaphor. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, exactly. You said two different things to me right now. One sounded like that 
the fact that we're making it psychological is almost the problem? Uh, it's a symptom. Yeah. I would <clears> say. Um, I think the problem is the alienation from the body. Mm-hmm. And, and therefore the earth. I mean, the mm-hmm. body being... Wow. That's very interesting. I mean, we're so conditioned and we so, we so live in our heads that to think that there is an alternative universe is that's almost taboo mm-hmm. to, to descend below mm-hmm. our thinking capacity right so that is a problem it's certainly a problem for the mind certainly and the mind is in jeopardy right, right. and the I, ego too yeah um, no but it is interesting obviously the, the interpretation of dreams let's just go back right we interpret it psychologically but Joseph interpreting dreams for the king the pharaoh mm-hmm. Of course, the the pharaoh is respond is concerned primarily with like feeding themselves, himself, and his people. Mm-hmm. Right before you get to that, that's called shock. That's the simple layer, yes. like of the anxiety dream, right? Yes. And then how do we connect with it? Okay, because we're so far removed from actually yes. like worrying about our Wonder Bread not getting to the store. <laughs> that right. uh, let's have. What does this mean for me? Like, oh, yeah. I might lose my job. Right. Or, you know, what if I can't, you know, right. connect to Netflix on Tuesday night? Right, right, right. That's shallow. I mean, what? That's very shallow. I know. <laughs> that's, that's Not everybody has that. That's my deal. But some version. Yeah, I don't I, think so. tom- Tomorrow night, I get to veg out and watch Project Runway for hours. So if I can't, my internet is down, I'm like... You're screwed. Pharaoh. Yeah. You're like <laughs> Pharaoh. <laughs> fallow. I'm fallow. Yeah. Right. What am I going to do? So um, what is your veil? So... Um, in the same way that we're doing a seven year, seven, seven cycles of seven year, uh, seven cycles of seven weeks, mm-hmm. the Yovel, the Jubilee, is seven cycles of seven years. So on the 50th uh, year, it's like a, a double, double jeopardy. Oh, wow. But it, even to the fact that land ownership is like. Up for grabs? Everything returns to its original owner. Oh, wow. Slaves are set free. Now, this is unclear. That's very happened. interesting. That never happened. No. No, but that's fascinating because what does that say about Israel and Palestine and all of those? Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, we. We're, we're, that's, I know that's another discussion, that's but I mean. That's fantasy of, a, of, a, of the rabbis. The rabbis. Mean, well, no, it's mentioned in the Torah, but. Um, it's unclear whether or not it, how how it was. I don't. I don't. I've never studied this. I, it's unclear how this. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, and it and it and it has a, it makes a lot of spiritual sense. Right. Well, uh, to go back to this Chazon, the Shemitah project of Chazon, the idea that we need Shemitah consciousness in the sense of it's so pervasive that we are here to use the planet. Right. We're so resource oriented. We're so uh, take. Oriented as, as humans, without um, according rights to the other than human yes. uh, sphere. Yes. So Shemitah, and all the more so Yovel, is a radical uh, reorientation of the place of the human, um, and uh, the that's a, pra- a trust practice, basically. You know, to really uh, faith to Let build go. their faith. Yes. Yeah. But does that, all the crops stop the same year, or do they rotate in some steps one year and some steps another? You know, I don't, I don't know how, how it was and actually... And how do they know which is the seventh year? Is that's it? right, who's seventh yeah. year? Yeah. Like, we, do we know their cycle? Well, they had tax collection. Well, no, no, no the, year, the year was clear, but which yeah. field, like maybe which field, like there was some sort of field rotation, tax, tax collectors, people responsible you know, the, for the taxes in those days were 
give us some of your dry food. Right. You know, give us a portion. Right. So somebody really knew who was, who was planting what. Yes, the they were collecting pieces of it. And, and also the sacrifices. They were sacrificing grain right on the altar. It wasn't just the... But know, I mean, does everything life follow the same year? Or do certain things... Is that, are some of the different crops on different seven-year cycles? So that no, all, no, it's uh, it's, all it's, it's like mm. no one, mm. you know. So do we know the not going to work on Saturday? That yeah. Kind of do we it's know like, the last time Israel had one? Well, Shemitah is happening 2013-2014. So like they're ramping up. The Chazon is ramping up to really educate the West uh, about it. Wow. Um, so it, it goes from like June to June, or where does it go? Rosh Hashanah to Rosh Hashanah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start stocking up. <laughs> there are ways. I mean, there are ways to, yeah, right, storing it, planning, preparing. I mean, Shabbat is the same thing. Like, you know, you cook your meals on Friday. You don't, you shop in advance so that you can really appreciate the fact that everything is provided for you. Yeah. <laughs> all the time, even when yes. you think you're working. Yes, yes. It's not, it's all given. Like I didn't finish today. reading it. Oh, you yeah, continue, okay. yeah. And my throat is better. Just as that cycle is one of resetting society's clock to align ourselves with freedom and with the needs of the land, the cycle, too, is a chance to align ourselves with the rhythms of spring and the spiritual freedom represented by the Torah. This cycle being the counting of the Almer. Mm-hmm. Omer count is made starting the evening of each day. When the count happens at night, the blessing is said, and when the account happens during the daytime, the blessing is not said. After the blessing, the day is counted by absolute number and by its number within each week, i.e., today is the 33rd day of the Omer, which is four weeks and five days. That's Lagba Omer. Lamed plus Gimel, 33. But that's not today, is it? No, that's just an example. Yeah. The biggest challenge of counting the Omer is that it is one long mitzvah lasting 49 days. What that means is that if you go one whole night and day without counting, the halacha is no longer to say the blessing. Making it all the way through seven weeks without missing a day is not easy for most of us. Hence the proliferation of calendars, websites, and widgets for counting the Omer. What does that mean? I've already Which missed part? days. Does it mean you start again? Or you you can't. You're you out. can't. You can't say the blessing. You have to stop. I never said the blessing. You can't start. <laughs> That's it. You're out. Basically. You're out for this you're year. Out. Yeah. You're out, sweet. You're out. Okay. And we'll see why. Okay. It's uh-huh. because of a... A strict, like everything, a literalist. I have an Omer widget on. I mean, I, I have, this, have an Omer widget. Well, it's this widget, it? and it droid. Baruch What's it called? You know what? I didn't. He hasn't. He hasn't no, booted it up. So it's not needs, specifically an Omer widget. He needs widget, an app for it, uh, remind him to it's, launch uh, the Omer app. I don't even know what it's called. I do get it on the internet now every day. But Usually it has a picture same. of a challah there, but not right. I can't read that even. I shouldn't even read the one I'm getting now because it's too late. You can read about it, but this what this says is you're not to say the blessing. You can still okay. count the days, okay? But you can't. The mitzvah you'll will see is has something to do with 
it being complete, mm -hmm. a complete offering. And so if you miss a piece, it's by definition not complete. Yeah. It's like being an AA. Well, yes, if you, st if you go off the wagon, you have start to start again. counting again. Yeah. Although yeah. they let you count again. See, here you, here you get count. all the counts. Not you this year. Read. No, you, yeah. Now, why is that, though? Okay, so what we're going to read next is the text that... Appears in advance in many Sidorim before the blessing, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we have this formula, which it's not transliterated here, but the first Hebrew, six Hebrew words on this page are Lishem Yichud Kucha for the sake of unification of the Holy Blessed One and his Shechina, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this these Yichudim, which were introduced by the by um, Rabbi Isaac Luria and the Kabbalists in Sfat, mm -hmm. a yichud was a way of meditating on a blessing, or actually specifically on the names of God within a blessing. And they often served to orient our intention. Right? Mm -hmm. The whole idea was that brachot are not only an obligation, but uh, an invitation to a particular type of energy um, but on the simplest level, they're an awareness practice. So the, the yichud that appears beforehand, even if you don't know how to do, the technical yichud often has to do with visualizing letters and doing gematriot, the numerical values of things, and um, wow. actually physically joining. Because when we say, for example, when we say yud he vav he, the word we pronounce is adonai, right? If we tried to say that word, you might be mistaken and say it's Jehovah. Right. For example, right? right. That name is the one that we're, we're, we call God Hashem, the name, because that's the name we're not supposed to say. So when we encounter that word in the text, we say Adonai, my master. Right. So it's also four letters: Aleph, Dalid, Nun, Yud. Right. So one example of a Yichud is you're seeing Yud Hey Vav Hey, but you're saying Aleph, Dalid, Nun, Yud. Mm. So the Yichud is to say Yud and see Aleph. Say, say, sorry, say Aleph wow. and see Yud. Wow. Oh my God. Say Dalid and see He. Say Nun and see Vav. Oh. Say Yud and see He. It's Whoa. extraordinary mind training. It really exactly. is. It's concentration practice. Yeah. But also, does it mean like, like Yud, Aleph, like what, how, it's What's like a What's then the relationship is there? It's like a bridge, yes. Is it like a bridge from. Can we try one? Right, I was about to say you can only know this through experience, uh, experiencing yeah. it. So oh, count. So oh my God. Mm. it would be. I mean, I will repeat what I just said. See if you can follow it. But I mean, you have to. This is this is a mind practice, so it doesn't right. involve writing. Mm -hmm. It's specifically not okay. about writing. It, okay. Right. No, it's not a writing practice. There are writing methods for meditation. There are med practices for looking at words, for reciting words. This yichudim are an internal mental process, by definition. Okay. By the by definition of like a what a l'shen so here we're about to say let's 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 do it but first let's actually finish reading the text okay because uh, I think we're jumping the gun a little bit okay. by saying it but we can do it we can do it no 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 I never thought we would be doing this and this is awesome <laughs> for the sake of unification of the holy blessed one and his shchina right so this is transcendent the masculine which is the witness and likes to you know be outside the universe and see it all going on and the feminine which is present and in everything and all manifest creation. Bidchilu or chinu, in fear and compassion, 
right? So again, we're taking, we're taking the transcendent and the imminent in a spatial sense and taking it into a relational emotional sense, both in fear and love. The thing that keeps me away and draws me in. Oh, wow. right? He actually translates in fear and compassion in love and awe, but these are the same words. So, it's in fear and love and love and fear, or fear and compassion and f- compassion and fear, or love and awe and awe and love, however you want to say that. To unite the, the name with Vavhe. So, here it's actually saying that the four letter name is two parts. Right. And we're taking, we're putting those two together. Right. Which is a type of yichud in, in and of itself. B'yichud ashlim b'shem ko Yisrael. In a complete unity for the sake of all Israel. Mm. So they just say here in the name of, you say in a complete, I like that. In, no, at the end of that line, in perfect unity. To unify the name yod and with vav in perfect unity in the name of all Yisrael. Okay. Behold, Now it's getting specific. You're, you're making a statement. I'm about, I'm prepared and ready to perform a mitzvah. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make a bracha, right? The mitzvah is actually to say this blessing. Right? You have sanctified us with your commandments. Kamoshe katuv batorah. Kamoshe katuv batorah. Right? You recognize that from the melody. Right? So we wrote the melody for this text, right? So here is the beginning of a long quote. Okay? So in the Hebrew, if you wanted to mark it, basically between, you see this, you see the, you see the line, um, they're not really lined up, but right? Here it's saying, like, as it's written in the Torah, semicolon, right? The next word is the beginning of the quote, and at the next semicolon is the end of the quote. I see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I point that out to you. Mm-hmm. So, here is the beginning of the quote. Usfartem, this yeah. word, okay. and it ends here. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. So here's the quote. Uh, actually, no, that's one pasuk. There, it quotes two pasukim. So that's the first pasuk, mm-hmm. and the second pasuk, which means verse. Pasuk means verse. Ad mimocharat haShabbat, hashviit tisapru chamishim yom vehikravtem mincha chadasha ladonai. So here's the translation that's written here. You are to count from the end of the rest day. From the day you were brought, you brought the waved Omer offering, the, the counting shall be seven complete weeks. Until the end of the seventh week, you shall count 50 days, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a very specific, technical, legalistic wording. Sheva Shabbatot, Timimot Sheva Shabbatot, Timimot Tiena. So these are four words, seven Sabbaths, com- you know, completely pure they shall be, right? Timimot, um, complete, 
So that's the whole idea. The rabbis say, you miss a beat, wait till next year. It's not you can get back on the wagon and start counting again, wait until Probably this next time. year I'll be more ready for it. Yeah, good. This is how we prepare. And then we end the kavana, we end this, this, this introduction with a verse from Psalms. V'hi noam Adonai Eloheinu Aleinu Uma'aseyadeinu Konana Eleinu Ma'aseyadeinu Konanehu May the pleasantness I mean so much is lost in the in the translation but may the pleasantness of my master Eloheinu be upon us may God establish our craft work for us our craft work may God establish How would you say it if you transliterated it just off the cuff? Behold the beautiful presence of my master God it's upon us May what we do with our hands be established for us. Please establish the work of our hands. Mm. That's much better. Mm. Well done. (laughs) Grasshopper. It's a prayer for um, that what we do should be divine and what is divine should be done, basically. It's another type of... You can. I think it's brought here by the Kabbalists to see that this... What is it called? Um... The upper and the lower are unified. Yeah, yeah, and there's a there's a poetic term for 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 it, um, but yeah, you see that that mirror structure. I, yeah, but also the the love and the fear be unified, like nothing hidden, nothing, mm. you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cut, chipped away, and cut off. Right. Yichud shlim, perfect unity, really include it all. Yeah. I'm. I'm Excuse me for interrupting here, but you know I've always been confused about why exactly one counted. I I have lived on a farm with farmers, and I know that once they put the seed in, you know they are very aware that you know time is going to pass, and God willing, the stuff's going to pop. So in that sense, they're counting the days until the thing pops, but. Is there some other reason why they are counting? What is this counting? I don't know. I mean, my guess could be it's a safeguard, you know, to prevent people from prematurely ruining the crop from, you know, mm. like deer coming and snatching all the buds off of, you know, like our animal instinct to like just not even let it really ripen, you mm. know, perhaps. Sure. So perhaps that's what it comes from. Um, I don't know. I don't, I, it seems very weird that they are counting, and they, you know. Right. Okay. Um, I mean, but certainly I mean, the Kabbalists read back into it. Like, I, I imagine there is probably a practical Earth-based reason for it. Uh, and then the Kabbalists certainly make a lot of 50, and also of 49. Like, there's a lot of reason for those numbers, right? And if seven is the number of completeness, seven times seven is a... Is, is a complete completeness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all the more so. Um, and we'll see this kind of, this grid of... of um, and a yichud is also the attempting to bring, to reconcile our human, the human reality of having an intention and then not really knowing the outcome or even having, having Where is that, maybe, why is that true for the equal? what do you mean there even if I teach you that this is like what the tradition says we should do and I know it and you understand it we don't know it or understand it at all mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you know <laughs> we're yeah. we're trying to 
it's trying to nullify ourselves in the fact that like, okay, I'm ready to do this. I know what I'm doing. And then, yeah, God, you know that yeah. I don't know anything. <laughs> All yeah, I know is... I had just now about why it would be useful since it's based on the spherote and every spherote in relation to every other spherote. Sphera is the singular. Yeah. Sphera. It uh, seems like it was a way of asking you to draw out of yourself anything that was hidden, like fear, you know, like any of the hidden parts yes, for as, the wholeness. Yes. So in a way, cycle. We're going to yeah. get to a text that actually expl- explains that mechanism, so that you're, you're spot on. But this yichud is a, almost a generic opening, right? The yichud is said, saying, I'm about to do something for the sake of unity, right? But even this sense of I is for the sake of all of the community, right? There's a, there, it's very, it's paradoxical to talk about the non-dual, right? And Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai here the Lord our God is one. Like, to live in the non-dual is um, the, the, the kind of the fruit of the Garden of Eden and the paradoxical uh, flaming swords that keep us from living, <laughs> getting yeah. back in and living there, right? Yeah. So let's try just a yichud. That's just for, for the sake of... Um, seeing if this, you know, one of the teachers, Abu Lafia, says you should do these techniques until they warm your mind. Let's see if this warms your mind. So, can everyone visualize the letters? Mm-hmm. No. I no. wish I could. Okay. I'll work on it. Then I don't know if you can do this because okay. it's a visual. Do you have visual... the letters anywhere to look at? That's yes. Um, I can circle that. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to see if there's a way to do a yichud which. Or I could draw it. Or you could draw it. I, w- I, was, I was just thinking, just mm-hmm. because obviously this is a deep practice. Yeah. It takes probably years to master. Um, if we just tried to picture one I have, letter and... I have, I, have a, I, have a, I have a better idea, okay. way okay, to do this. Because I want to do... Because this is a particular technology. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we all can visualize the English alphabet. Mm-hmm. Okay. So close your eyes. Yeah, when, no rush. Okay. okay, and say the word to yourself. All of the, none of this is out, outside of yourself. So say the word fear to yourself. A couple of times. Now spell the word fear slowly to yourself. About, about a second per letter. Do it again, spell the word fear. Okay, now visualize the word love. Don't say it, but l- look at the word love. Really as strongly as you can put the word love visually in in front of your mind's eye. Now look at the L and say F. Look at the O and say E. Keep your mouth closed. Look at the V and say A. Look at the E and say R. Mm-hmm. 
Now visualize the word fear. Make the word fear very strong in your vision, in your mind's eye. Look at the F and say L. Look at the E and say O. Look at the A and say V. Look at the R and say E. Yeah, so what's amazing? Tell, tell us, share your experience. I mean, you, the, the intensity of this practice, doing this over and over again, the, the power, the, the need to concentrate is so powerful that if you actually commit to doing it, you will do it. It's fascinating, this, these, something this simple is that powerful. It's really amazing. Has your perception changed in any way? Right now, do you see or feel anything differently? Yeah, that's true. There's like a glow right now. Mm -hmm. But I was thinking that it had corroborated something I've been thinking recently, that there is love, it's all love. So it's like if you see fear and you overlay love, it's like such a potent thing. And it's such a great way to do it so viscerally, mm -hmm. using our own tools, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that idea, because really, we don't need the Hebrew to do that. That's still the same thing. Right. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Right. Have you done that, ever done that before? Um, I'm wondering. I mean, it's so good, right? I'm, yeah, wondering, really I'm wondering whether I have, and I don't remember, but I, I, there are, yeah, I think we, I think we just made that up. Wow. But that's, that's not, the technique is, I didn't make that up at all. That's right. exactly what you're doing with Hebrew. Um, so the Hebrew they do. That's what a yichud is. Yeah, so you would take the four-letter name, the tetragrammaton, the yud heh vav -Hey, and what we're doing is we're saying Adonai, but we're looking at the page <coughs> at, at yud heh vav -Hey, right? But that's automatic. So it's actually... Right. There are deeper... There are, there are ways of doing this that are also... That's the, this is the, by far the simplest way. I mean, and that Could was, you do me a favor before this passed over? Write yud heh vav -Hey and write... Um, I don't know. No, but email me and I will send okay. you an image of it. Great, thank you. Because I'll show it to you inside okay. prayer books and good. stuff like that. Mm. That would be um, great. I'll show you how it's presented that way. Because I think okay. I could get the visualization even if I didn't know what it was about. Yeah, I, but yeah. I'm, uh, for a couple of reasons I'm not going to write it for you. No. <laughs> That's a different practice. <laughs> okay, so... Um, like you're not even supposed to. Uh, well, there's some there's something having to do with not destroying the name and yeah, thank you, fine, um, yeah. Okay. It took a lot of effort for me to do that. I mean, I, I I was able to actually visually do it, and but emotionally, I was it made me very anxious to do it because I'm a very anxious person. But um, 
try the flip. Yeah, might have something to do with concentration in general. Yeah, it, it, it's like, you know, when, when you're trying to meditate and you mm -hmm. really can't because your mind is just racing. Oh, yeah. It's very hard. Yeah. Right, well, it seems it could be transformative, though, as a, as a thing to do. Yeah. I mean, if you can take... I mean, there's the word love and the word fear, and there's the experience of love and fear. Where does that come in in this practice, experience versus what you're seeing? What do you mean, where does experience come into the practice? Well, I mean, I'm looking... I, where does the experience... I don't know if it translates into this practice, but... Uh, That's not a question the rabbis have ever asked. I'm pretty sure. Well, I don't know it's what is... It's a very good question. Yeah. Well, there's the, the experience of love and fear, and there were the words, mm -hmm. love and fear. Right. So, it, you chose those. They, they, maybe they were just the first things that popped into your head. I don't know. Well, there but were four-letter words, right? We needed two four-letter words. Right, but right. I mean, there were good words to use. Well, also we also... Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, they say it right here. So you, the Kucha the Holy Blessed One and Shrina and Yudhe and Vavhe and the transcendent and the imminent and fear and compassion, these are all in, in polarities of a type, right? So in the emotional world, love is the thing that, you know, just makes you expand and absorb and be okay with. And fear is the thing that has you constrict and close down and be not okay with. So... It's very easy. So the mitzvah from the rabbis is just to say the blessing, right? To put this beforehand is to remind you that you can discharge your obligations. You know, you can schlep your body to shul. Mm -hmm. But if you're not feeling it, if there's no experience that's going with right. it, like a prayer without intention, a prayer without kavanah is like into mm -hmm. a body without a soul. Mm -hmm. So this is supposed to remind you, wait a second, Saying the blessing, this technology, the connection to Torah, even going back to this relationship with God and revelation, is supposed to wake something up in you. So this is the blessing here, this whole thing? No, this no. is not. We haven't even gotten to the blessing yet. Oh. This is the preamble to the blessing. Okay. Saying, behold, I'm ready to make a bracha. Okay. But what is a bracha supposed to do? It's actually supposed to make me feel something. And maybe it is supposed to make you feel anxiety or your mind rushing. Because actually, these are both signs that you're alive. My, my sense from, like, doing these Yehudim, just doing this practice right now, brings you into contact with something living, something moving, mm -hmm. right? For you, that was anxiety. Great. For you, that was hard. And I um, shut you up only because... Like I said, you know, don't talk now because yeah. it's a high level of concentration that I wanted people to be able to yeah, be I, in their own yeah, yeah, experience. Um, there are probably also teachings that say, you know, one should interrupt their, uh, you know, prayers with speech. A lot of these things have to do with being secluded as well. Um, yeah, I got it. Oh, but meditation it. is not about the content necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like the rushing mind. That's something to watch in meditation. Oh, yeah. Anxiety, that's something oh, yeah. to watch when it, when oh, in meditation. Yeah. No um, preference. Supposed to be no preference. Right? Yeah. 
It's interesting. Whatever. I haven't heard that word used. Preference. They use. Yeah. They use that in Buddhism. Choice. Choiceless. Yeah. Right. Whatever comes. Comes. Yeah. Comes. Yeah. But we have such quick judgments on things. Oh yes. <laughs> so then the blessing would be said. Let's turn the page. And I realized something today. I don't like really. I'm not like strong on following. Like, I'm, I'm not a halachic Jew, right? I don't, like, follow all of the laws. But then I recalled one, and I don't know if it's the level of law or the level of custom, but I think it's a law that you're not supposed to pray in a room with no windows. Oh, I remember this as I was walking. Um, uh, and that wouldn't count, I don't believe. I'm not sure how the rabbis would define windows. But maybe we um, could imaginally, you know how they make things up, like when they have the rabbi buy back your... Homeds. Right, we right, can imagine right. It. <laughs> right. We could open a window. We we could. Let me show you a window. So, <laughs> well, it's. A, I just remember that. In the, I mean, we've prayed in this room before. Yeah. we've said. I just think that's a terrible idea because, for so many reasons, what if you're a prisoner or a slave and you, and you're stuck someplace for twenty years and, and no, no what good are prayers? <laughs> oh, that's not uh, um, I wonder what the rabbis would say. They'd probably make provisions for you. And you I, think it's a terrible idea? I think they would say, you can pray, but you're not really praying in a house of prayer. I, I, if I recall, the law was that the house of prayer had to have Interesting, interesting. I mean, it's nice to have I could windows. be wrong, you know, I could be wrong. I prefer windows <laughs> to no windows. Okay, where was There's an interesting teaching about the, um, the temple that most, wherein most windows in, in the world architecturally have tapered windows to allow the more light in. The tempo, temple's windows were tapered outwards to allow the light oh out. Which is ah. kind of a Masonic kind of teaching a little bit. But, wow. um, so in any case, no one here has been saying the blessing every night. Other than no. me, I assume. No, right? no, no. So no, we're not going to make the blessing okay. right now. Okay. I'm going to do it in my own practice, which is. Is it written here, though? Right. So we're on page top of page three. Baruch Atah Hashem, Kenu Melech Alam, Asher Kichanu Mitzvotav Vitzivanu. Right. That's all very familiar. Al Tzvirat Omer. You commanded us to count the Omer. That's not the blessing. That is the blessing. Oh, because you just said you weren't going to say it. I changed some words. Okay. Okay. I, uh, okay. Yeah. Now I'm clear. And there was no kavanah. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and my toes are crossed. <laughs> Your toes are crossed. <laughs> I just wanted to know which was the blessing. No, it's actually interesting. You know, there's the the holy names, right? Aren't supposed to be pronounced, um, but it could be confusing when you're teaching yes. someone, yeah. especially children. So there's mm-hmm. this idea of l'shem hinuch. For the sake of education, sure. you can say it as uh-huh. many times as you need to. Uh-huh. I could have said the blessing. But for me, my practice is, this is one of my favorite times of year, and this practice is one of my favorite Jewish practices. Um, I, it's almost like a game of chicken I play with this. Like, I wait for... I don't do it. Minute. I don't do it at a fixed time. Like it'd be really easy to like set a timer or like make a ritual or whatever. I do it when it like it was some, when I'm feeling something basically. Yeah. Like last night, I said it when I was when I was opening the ice cream. Aww. I was Which like, is very evocative, you know, ice cream <laughs> it makes me feel. 
I was so sure. psyched. Yeah, I was like, sure. And like, oh, did I remember? And so I held my Cherry Garcia. And I was like, so it was Cherry, Cherry O'Mare. <laughs> it was. <laughs> uh, I have a theory about the counting. Okay. I think it's an advent calendar for Jews. Advent. What is Advent? Remind me. It's like she's advent big. is the 40 days before Christmas. Right. Okay. And Christians don't have Advent calendars for anything, I don't think, except for the 40 days before Christmas, because Christmas is very important. Uh-huh. So, if you're talking about bread, which is very important for all Middle Eastern people, and everyone else. You're talking about grain, bread. I mean, they don't eat much meat. They forage the vegetables. They don't worry about that. So they're really big time into these harvests, or they would starve. Yeah. So they have like an advent calendar for the, uh, the successful growth of their crop. And if, if, if you're, if you're, if you're a, a good Christian and you skip a day of the Advent calendar, that's got to be a no-no, wouldn't you think? Maybe. You know? Right. Like, oh, hey, I forgot. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm sure it's a regional, ancient... Oh, it's got to be very ancient. I don't know. Har- harvest just, worship. Yeah, I think it's tradition. harvest worship. And yeah, <coughs> God of the harvest. The God somehow. of the harvest yeah, is coming. Right. And the, and the birth of the. I mean, it's a birth. It's, too, it's a birth of, yeah. of. Isn't there a corn god or something in, in um, uh, not, not South America? Yeah. You know, and, and the corn god dies, and then boom, he's resurrected with the next crop. Right. Which is pretty much like Christmas. It's a. You know, it's, right. it's, a, it's a God. Thing. Well, even our, even in the Amidah, our language around the Messiah yes. is like may may that sprout, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, very much. I mean, it's completely miraculous the way that one plant dies. Yep. You know, one plant grows, falls over, dies, and it creates the, you know creates the new life. Maybe also the count has something to do with when it goes to seed. The continuity of the people and therefore the crop, and therefore like the people, that. has to do with like if you eat it too early, the seed it doesn't go to seed, and ah. you've killed off future. Yes, the waiting to future sure. food. Yes, that makes great sense. So, this today actually begins the fourteenth. Yes, this is accurate. Today, so the way you say that, so that you don't actually count it. Right, because you actually just technically counted it, right? By oh. saying, I, so the way, because I haven't counted yet, it's like, I would say, last night we counted 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's when you're waiting for the time to really count it. Because right. once you say it, you have to continue it. Well, no, then I've just, uh, then you've counted it. I you've, mean, we're all, you've by literally counting it, counting it. We're, that's all right. we're doing. We're literally counting days. That's the mitzvah, is to literally count today is day X. That's it's it. It's so simple. Not the meaning of it. It's so simple. Yeah, it's, it's like so difficult at the same time. Right. Uh, uh, wow. That's just like it's thinking that, one thing and saying another. Right. So you don't have to think <laughs> right. about the theme. Living our lives and believing it's all going to turn out great in the end. <laughs> That's so easy and so oh, hard. Boy. But here, 
You mean you just say the number, you don't have to say the thing related to it majestic. You say, blessed are you, Hashem Elokeinu, cosmic majesty, who sanctified us with your mitzvahs and commanded us, dot, dot, dot. Tonight begins day... 14. Which is two weeks of the Omer. And that's all you have to say? That's what... You don't even have to think about the theme? No. I don't know, there's something about it that really... I think it's great. Uh, it's I so feel like that cool. I'm going to be able to do that. And I feel bad that I have to wait till next year now. But, well, no, uh, you can count without the blessing. I'm going to try to count. Oh, okay. We can try to count. So, so you, here, yeah. why do you say in unison that line that says tonight begins? Tonight? We should wait for Jonathan. Yeah. Okay. Or he can do it on his solo. He could. <laughs> Command performance. Okay. Uh, all right. This is pretty nifty. Well, who knows? Maybe he's not into it. Why don't you guys just do it? Right? Okay. okay. Here, he is. here he is. Hey, Jonathan, do you want to count even without the blessing? Sure. Okay. We waited for you. Oh, thank you. So you're just going to all read the line that says tonight in unison. Tonight <clears> too. <throat> Wait, in unison. <laughs> the unison part means all together. Okay. Tonight begins day 14. Completing two weeks. <gasps> well, you did it. Okay, I did. So now I that you started, yeah. you really should try to do it every I'm night. I'm going to. You feeling something? But it should be at night, not before. <laughs> right. Anytime it has to be after night. after next sundown. Right. It's so. Uh, I'm weird. excited. It's so, I was weird. so. It's, it's so, so weird. weird. I mean, it's so weird to me because so many of these practices, which I've never done in my life, that I just started to do since I've come here. You know. Now your family would say you're so Jewish. They think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you're from. <laughs> My family does. They think I'm um, right. My family's not even to, interested. Going to, he goes to temple every week now. What's going on with him? Is it a cult? <laughs> it is sort of culty, but you know. That's <laughs> but I love the idea that we just have to count the numbers because I was getting confused with what theme I'm supposed to be thinking about each day, and it was right. too much for me. Right. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah. The reason there's all of this Ungapachkid right. theme stuff is because <laughs> right. it's so simple. People are like, oh, it can't be that simple. Yeah, it is. It really is. That's it. That's the mitzvah. In a way... Forget the yichud thing. Saying the blessing and counting. That's the mitzvah. Right? The yichud is setting you up to say, okay, wait a second. This should actually be... I should be feeling something, right? This is, this is a holy moment. Really, that's all it's saying. This is a holy moment. This is a moment to connect. So when you um, ate that ice cream, did you say the yichud first? No. I said blessing I said the blessing I counted I didn't even think about well I later when I was falling asleep I later just thought a little bit about okay what is this so it should be malchut were you here for the ice cream there are other years when I've been like last year I wrote a whole book I I published an entire book with you know with deep intentions about oh yeah your book well no Rabbi Jill wrote this book but I designed and we published it right this is from last so you can open to to page um, let's open 14 should I read it I'll read it okay but I also want to get uh, no no no, who is it just so oh wait a second Leah yeah great Genesis 29-32 the divine saw that Leah was unloved and opened her womb okay so keep reading Leah is the elder of two daughters of Laban an Aramean owner of flocks of her younger sister Rachel is more beautiful than she. Rachel is lovely of form and appearance, while Leah has soft, weak eyes. The young shepherd Jacob, sent by his mother Rebecca, Laban's sister, to find a bride, falls in love with Rachel and serves seven years as payment for her hand. On their wedding night, <coughs> Laban tricks Jacob and substitutes Leah as the bride. Jacob is outraged and demands Rachel as well, but the deed is done. 
Leah Lumet's Jacob's Wife. You can see like the embossed cover of the like the novel. Right. right? <laughs> As Leah bears children, she names them and expresses through the names her desire for Jacob to love her. Her first son is Reuben. Behold a son. The Lord has seen my affliction. Now my husband will love me. Her second son is Shimon. God heard that I was hated. Yet as Leah grows older, she finds some contentment in her own life. Her fourth son is called Judah. Praise. They're all bad. Yeah. They're all bad. people everywhere. <laughs> Leah becomes, in the words of a traditional Midrash, a master of praise, one who is gifted at thanksgiving. In, Zo in the Zohar, Leah represents the upper mother, Bina, the divine womb from which life and understanding flow. She represents Malchut, Sherib Gephora. Malchut Shebegevora. Malchut Shebegevora. Majesty within strength. Because in spite of the painful reality of living with a jealous sister and a man who does not love her, Leah finds the dignity of praise and gratitude. We are most like Leah when we are able to live not only for those we want to love us, but for ourselves and for God. Oh, that is so beautiful. That is. This is so fabulous. Beautiful. I want to get by this book. Somewhere. Yeah. Uh, you got to buy it. This is perfect. West Side Judaica. This gave meaning, because I'm reading this little book that I bought. Yeah, Simon Jacobson. I designed that because that's... This is... It gives you something really... You painted this too, right? Yeah, you know, after after I fixed my time machine. Yeah. Oh, no, no. So there are all of these layers, right, of mm -hmm. meaning of trying to say, okay, what does 14 represent? And the, you know, without even going into it, just the, the last page chart of correspondences and um, all of these... Wow. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> Beauty, that's Previous what we're going into. What is this? Okay. okay. I'll let you I'll let you get to that um, okay. on your own. Okay. So there's a psalm that has forty nine uh, 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 forty nine words. So because it's a forty nine day count, some people read the entire psalm, focusing on one word of that psalm. Right? So that psalm has forty nine words, one word for each day. So part of the Sidor is to include all, all of Psalm 67. Right? The fifth verse of that um, Is this Psalm, Psalm? 67? This yeah, it follows at the bottom of page 3. Oh, this. Right? So it starts on the bottom of page 3, it continues on page 4, look at I verse see. 5, right? Okay. That verse happens to have 49 letters. Mm -hmm. So some people con you know, think about, oh, the letter of the day is the mem, you know, of le'umim. Hmm? This is just another layer of confusing meditative oh, option. It's oh, because... 4-8, 4 Oh, maybe I'm in the wrong place. Uh, no, no, you're yeah. on the right place. 4-8 is the date, oh. and the bottom right is the, is the uh, <laughs> age number. So go turn, to, turn to page 4. Oh, oh. oh. Okay, gotcha now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Right, so there's just another layer of meaning to, yeah. to, to make something of 49, right? Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. But that would be for every day you'd read that? Is that what you mean? Yeah, some people have the custom of wow. saying this blessing, making the count, and then reading a, this psalm. Oh. Why this psalm? It has 49 words. 
Another interesting feature of this psalm is one of the verses has 49 letters. Oh my. Just that's why wow. it's there. So this whole psalm has 49 words and... And verse 5 has 49 letters. Gotcha. Got it. So they do the whole in thing. In Hebrew, but not in English. Right. Oh, in that would Hebrew. be an interesting uh, uh, <laughs> translation uh, uh, exercise. exercise. But do you have music that you play to this as well? I wrote a melody for verse 3. I wrote that verse before the Omer, but I like that verse because it says, the translation here is that your way may be known on... Uh, upon earth your salvation among all peoples mm -hmm. that's just like a dry literal translation you could say to know your your ways here on earth mm -hmm. is that all nations have your salvation mm -hmm. oh what a difference mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like all nations have your oh, that's beautiful. Your, your, yeah. your Yeshua and then the second part of that that's another verse from somewhere else. It's the same word as Yeshua Decha. It's the shortest verse in the Torah. Three words. God, I yearn for your salvation. It's the shortest verse. So I like I like joining those two things together. Okay. So then, some people say Anavichoach, mm -hmm. right? Which is a yes. which is a forty-two word prayer afterwards, right? So this is what's found in... So we're on page five, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, here's another interesting fact, and I don't want to spend too much time on it, but because Yehudim came up, right between the, right below the image of the labyrinth, mm -hmm. when reciting Anabichach, it is proper to look at or visualize the divine names formed by the acronyms of the words in the left column, but not to pronounce them. So what is that like? Looking at something and not pronouncing it? It's like a yehud. It's like a yehud, right? Okay, yes. so all the way on the left column, these yes. thick, like, uh, quill-like font, mm -hmm. yeah. those six letters, right? You don't need to read Hebrew to know that, to identify six letters. Right. Are the mm -hmm. first, are the initials yes. of the six words in yes. the next column yes. over. <clears throat> so... Wait a minute. Column, mm -hmm. column one. This is the letters of this each here. word. Yeah. Or first letter of each first word. Each word. Ah. Oh, that's it. I want to stop in the middle of a sentence. Kabel Rinat. Rinat. Is the Rina. Of, right? It's Rina, is your name. So your name is right there in this, in this prayer. So here's another type of yichud. You're saying uh, these, this for these, this leftmost column. 
is considered a 42-letter name of God, mm-hmm. right? How do you remember a 42-letter name of God? Well, you write a song to it called Anabachoach. And so when you're actually singing the Anabachoach, you're reciting a 42-letter. So we spoke about this last year. Yes, yeah. last year. Yeah. But it sort of faded from my consciousness at this moment. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is... let, me, let, me, let me play devil's advocate here. Um, I, get what, I get that the song that we wrote allows it, is a mnemonic device to allow us to know the 42-letter word for God. But how the heck... Did they find the 42-letter word for God? I don't know. But it is, this is attributed to Rabbi Nechonia ben Hakana, who is considered one of, the, one of the chain of the Kabbalah. He was like the master who uh, wrote the Bahir and was like started the, the school of the Maase Merkava. How they came to have the 42-letter name of God between them and yeah, oral Mrs. 42. Uh, yeah, Mrs. 42. I mean, it could be oral tradition. I mean, we say... There are multiple versions of this prayer that use the same initials yes. and have different words. Yes, understood. Yeah. So could it be that we, there was an oral tradition transmitted from the priests that not only did they have this yod heh but maybe they also had this one? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's the yeah. um, 72-letter name of God. I know that how that one is derived. For uh-huh. example, that one, there are three verses right around the crossing of the sea. Mm-hmm. Three verses, one after the other, have 72 letters. Oh, each. my. So some, some train spotter, some accountant type, recognized this. Wow. And said, oh, there's a mystery encoded here. Or yeah, maybe sure. this was the... It's like a code. Right. So you write... One, you write one verse the right way. You write the next verse backwards. Oh my god, like a cross-stick or something. And then you write the third verse the correct way, and you read down. And oh that's my how my. you've seen the Kabbalah centers Jeez, jewelry. This is why there were so many do- no, no, no. Jewish doctors and lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the genetic. It's genetic. It's, it's, it's well, genetics. This is the select. Semitic genetics. Semitic genetics. That has a very interesting that works. <laughs> You've seen the Kabbalah Center, like their postcards and their jewelry and whatever they have. There. That's, so that's where, so I don't know where the 42 comes from. No, no, I, 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 no, I didn't mean to be a distraction, but, you know, it just occurred to me, hey, wait, this is kind of an important thing. You know, I know a little more about Tibetan Buddhism than Judaism, and there's so similarity in terms of uh-huh. visualizations, yeah. which I never knew. Well, I mean... The subtle realms are real. Mm-hmm. They're subtle, mm-hmm. but if yeah. you're tapping into it, you, so you write it down in Hebrew if you love Hebrew, and you write it yeah. down in right. Pali if you're right. Right. you know up in the mountains. So when when uh, children are raised in uh, Hasidic uh, from birth, when they go to the yeshiva, they go to school. Uh-huh. Is the is the study is do they study these things from like a young age? I mean, not yeah, necessarily no. this because this is probably very advanced. So. Generally, no. I mean, the simple answer is Kabbalah taught to children, no. Um, but they're taught to memorize things like Mimochre, uh, like the Pasuk, you know, um, that we quoted on the first page, is Fartem Lechem Mimochrat HaShabbat, Miyom Havyem Omer Tzufa Sheva Shabbatot Timotiena. Like all of, like, 
by the time you're 10, you have that and mm-hmm. hundreds of other verses of the Torah memorized. Commit backwards and forwards is not But they don't mean issue. much to you then, do they? No, they mean... the person, I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, what you knew what you, when you were 10 meant a lot to you. It was what you knew. It was the, your capacity for understanding the world. And sure especially it, it was, you know, what, you know, how your parents or your family were guiding you to, to be accepted by your family and your tribe. Right? So it means but a lot it more like what you're taught. memorization at that age? Um, in the same way that, I mean, you're saying it in a, you were, you were forced to memorize your multiplication tables too. That's yes. like how you get certain yes. types of knowledge. And okay. then after a while, it's really kind of convenient that you can multiply eight by eight. Right. You know, like you were forced to that. Is it wrote? Yeah. Yes. Is it important later? Yes. yes. Got it. Okay. So well, this information, I mean, you're very, you're really prepped for. Right. So now, stuff. right. For, but the, in this stuff we're learning, you may be, so many other aspects of what, you're, what is being shoved down your throat doesn't make any sense. No one stops to sit you by a fire or send you out on a vision quest or listen to your dreams and you say, you were just uh, uh, making faux gras with me, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't need you fattening me up to slaughter me later. Like, mm-hmm. F this, your family, is he in a cult? Like, whatever it is. Like, right. there are so many permutations of how the, the through line isn't followed, right? Yep. But the seeds are meant to be planted. If you don't know, go back and water them, well, they're rotting in the ground. Right. That's right. Sure. So uh, it's a delicate balance, here. right? Because why would you waste your own energy and your child's precious life feeding them these things if you don't know how to activate the, the, the meaning, the meaning sure. at any point? That's um, right. And unfortunately, like, it's, you know, it's Holocaust Memorial, uh, it's Yom HaShoah, uh-huh. Remembrance Day. Many of the people who knew how to activate the code were killed, murdered, right? And uh, just blotted off the face of the earth because of their power, because of what they represented to other, other power structures. And the subtle realm is real. And some information is never destroyed and can, can never be destroyed. I always have the same question, but I love what you just said. I just always wonder, with this kind of wisdom embedded in Judaism, why are some more people really somehow seeming to be living this? Yeah. Well, I mean, wisdom like this is embedded in many places, though. And look at the look at the planet. I mean, right, it's I mean. there, but we don't. It's hard to activate it. It's hard to live it. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking. I've been driving a lot lately, and life comes at you very quickly while you're driving. Mm-hmm. And uh, I see if, if if someone darts in front of me or somebody a pedestrian walks in front of me, I'll, cur- I'll start cursing and saying all kinds of terrible things. And then I catch myself and think, oh, why am I saying these things? But it's just it's the speed of how things <clears throat> come at you. Yeah, you, you know. But but the difference is. For me, now that I have certain awareness that I didn't have when I ordinarily was cursing and whatever, driving mm-hmm. too fast or trying to tailgate mm-hmm. somebody who was bothering me, whatever, now that I have the awareness, even if I, that's my first reaction, I catch myself so that hopefully the next time or, the ne- or you know, a hundred times down the road after having called myself, a right. hundred times I'll be able to, yeah. you know. No, I think that's the thing it. that I noticed that I finally can stop for a minute. 
it's not that the old reactions aren't there. They're all there. They're always going to show up, I think. But I have that moment I can look at it, which I never mm-hmm. had before. So yeah. it's... Noticing is the first, yeah. first step. Yeah. Yeah. We admit we became powerless over our lives, unable to manage our lives, right? It's that for literally the first step of the 12 steps, but it's also, look at this practice. It's remember to do something every day and remember what you did yesterday. Deceptively simple. Uh, Where's the part about remember what you did yesterday? What did we count? <laughs> oh, we, oh, so we count forward and we remember back. So well, yeah. you have to remember what, what day are we up to? Yeah. Where are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember to remember and then remember where you are. Yeah. So just, just to get to this last piece of text, on the bottom of page six, this is another level of, of meaning that the uh, Kabbalistic understanding of these six weeks, of these seven weeks, the seven by seven, it's this of that, right? It's, it's, it's going, the whole, the sphera chart, it's like a grid, right? So like day one, day two, day three, day four. So it's, it's you're, you're doing, um, let's see this, yeah, it's hard to see, um, and I didn't really want to get into it, but the idea is that you're being thorough, right? You're spending a whole week on one concept, and because they're going to be seven weeks, each day of each week, you're going to wow. focus in on that concept. So the, let's say the first week is it's called chesed, but let's just call it love, right? right? So the whole week is love, and the first day, it's the love of love, right? That happens to be the, the night after Passover, the second Seder, right? Mm-hmm. You can just think about that as like, wow, someone loved me enough to like come and pick me up from camp, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. someone's taking me home, right? Yeah. Then we know the whole week is love. The second day is strength or limitations, right? Like boundaries. Boundaries, right? I don't want to really go into this yeah. road, but you spend seven days doing that. And then the whole second week is that boundaries, right? And now we're going to do love of boundaries, boundaries of boundaries, right? It's like, it's a, it is a multiplication table, right? You're going to do... One by one, one by two, one by three, one by four through seven. Then two by one, two by two, two by three, two by four. Right, okay. What are we starting now this week with the 14th? We just, what did it say here? Uh, well, oh, so this is the last week of Gevora, uh, last day of the week yeah. of Gevora, and tomorrow is Tiferet, which is uh, compassion or beauty or balance. Mm. There's so many layers of each um, sphera, right? They're like, they're whole universes. But master of the cosmos, Ribono Shalolam. You commanded us through Moshe, your servant, to count to Omer, in order to purify us from our klipot and our um, tumult. Um, tumult. Let's just leave it at that. Like tumult? Tumult? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, impurity. In order to purify us from impurity. Right. So klipot is also impurity, no? What is klipot? Klipot are the shells or the husks. Okay. I don't want to get into okay. these concepts because we don't have time. Right. And I don't understand them. Right. <laughs> As you've come out, have used written in, to, in your Torah, the same quote we wrote, read earlier, so that the lives of your people, Yisrael, will be purified from their impurities. Which is almost like pollution. Therefore, may it be your will, Hashem Elokeinu, God of our ancestors, the merit of Sfirat Omer that I've counted today, may heal me in the particular impairment that I have in this day of the Sfirah, uh, uh, two by seven on the grid, 
right? Whatever that happens to mean. Mm -hmm. May I be repaired in the way that Leia needs to be prepared, repaired. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, May I be purified. Oh, is this one relating to this particular? You say this formula and then you insert the The, day. Ah. May I be purified and sanctified with the holiness above and through this abundant shefa flow unimpeded through all the world to may it heal our lives spirits and souls from all impurity and impairment may it purify and sanctify us with your most precious holiness amen Sela. Sela. what is Sela? crash boom bam da-da <laughs> fireworks it's some sort of musical note we don't really know. well where is the place that you put in the thing about Leah do that uh, well on the top of page 7 you see in italics here say the corresponding sphere for the day of the omen. okay you know, if you wanted to be really tricked out and mystical, you could do purify me in the mem, that, you know, 14th letter of, you know, verse, or, you know, whatever word from Anabachoach it is, or whatever. Um, but I just wanted to add this to that one layer of the Kabbalah, and the tradition sees this as, as a purification process, mm-hmm. right? We've left slavery. We've left Mitzrayim. We have the Passover Seder. And what are these 50 days leading up to? Revelation. Torah, right? So we have slave consciousness. We are so stuck in the fact that we are who our family thinks we are. You know, there's a great saying, there's no prophet in his own town, right? The prophet actually, you know, oh, Alina now knows which I remember when she was in diapers, you know, like, look look (laughs) Look who's, who's, right? So we're moving every year, really, every season, we're moving from our winter fat to our, you know, our beach bodies, you know, <laughs> like wiping this, like taking it out, dusting it off, looking through our areas of life and saying, wow, I've been working on anger for an entire year and I'm so much further along and I still tailgate, you know, like wherever. Last year I was literally, you know, jumping people in an alley. Like, Hallelujah. <laughs> I've made it this far. But look, now there's now from where I'm at now. <laughs> Like, there's so much more work to be done on my anger, right? Okay, my love. Oh, wow. Last year, I wasn't even talking to my dad. And now we see each other every week. Um, But I haven't called my sister in 12 years, right? So now we go through the love. And like, oh, you know, I got a new job, and I'm making all of this money, and I'm a creep because I am so selfish. You know, it was all about me, and now I'm not even giving charity. Clean that up. So this is, this is like almost like a mystical checklist for you to go through all of these places and say, wait a second, where am I at? Or even like, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm giving these whacked, yeah. I mean, I'm not yeah, even no, thinking about my not, examples. But, but there are no other good examples, though. Yeah. I think. Yeah, so I mean, I'm in, also, I'm in life coaching, right? So this is actually connected with, they break, they don't do seven mystical <clears> zero, <throat> they have 18 areas of life. So some of these are really like good, you know, good uh, practical tools, like relationship to self, like how do I think and feel about who I am, right? Personal presentation. I have two thoughts that came to my mind. One is, did you ever hear of something, tetrahydrate, like they have this idea that the soul is shaped in some sort of a sacred geometric... Tetrahedron? Tetrahedron. Yeah. I wondered if the points of that was the same amount of numbers as this, like if you took all the points of it. I just had a funny... Go for it. Yeah. Sacred geometry. That's your... Out. You're a visual know. person, clearly. No. Yeah. Uh, 49 doesn't ring a bell. That's I mean, true. I've played, 49 doesn't ring. Yeah, I've that's played right. in that space. Um, 49 doesn't ring a bell. Okay. The other question I had is, sometimes I find that the part of me that 
needs to wake up. I don't even see it. It's like the part I'm blind to. It's like working on something means bringing something conscious that you're not necessarily conscious of. You know, like these are things you mentioned or things you know you're not talking to your sister if someone wasn't or whatever. The progress I made from last year to this year. Right. But then there are parts that sort of creep up on you that you don't even realize. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's why it's great that there are all of these levels of systems. Like, study the Kabbalah, study the Sphirot, study the Kabbalah. If it's new material, it's going to be fruitful. Go yeah. to Simon Jacobson and, like, that's a great guide with good right. questions. Mm. Go to Reb Jill Hammer and he look at these. You get emails from him every day, by the way. Yeah, you, you can't get off. You cannot get off. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> Once you're in, there's no yeah, one there's subscribe. <laughs> or go to Reb Jill Hammer, who, like, did you even know there were 50 women in the Bible? No, no. Right? right? And she's wow. going to take you on this tour, and you're going to look through personalities that are, some are not even named, right? They're alluded to, right? They wow. have to be there, because right. how else would the sons get there, right? And brilliant way of going in or go into life coaching or whatever but check check into your life coaching what do you mean that's your inner whatever no like whatever the te- there's so many I can talk to you about that off offline but how many ways in there are to do the work of coming out of hibernation right this is also got to root this in our celestial home right like past it we have just crossed over that uh from the uh, nights being longer than the day to the days being longer than the nights. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for our planet? What does it mean for all of the migrating animals? What does it mean for all of the flora and fauna? Like, if you don't realize that your body has changed or the outfits of the people on the street have changed or something that's going on, this is a wake-up call, right? And it's gradual, right? But at some moment, Barley, the, the wheat harvest is going to be there. The Torah is going to come down. And are you going to be ready to receive it? You're going to be open to what the potential of the, your life is this year. Mm-hmm. You used a phrase before about slave something or slave consciousness. What did yeah. you say? Yeah. Is that the term you used? Yeah. The, 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 there's a midrash saying that the entire generation who were actually in Egypt needed to die. We needed to spend 40 years wandering in the desert. In order before being able to go into the promised land, I want to get this book immediately. This is just so. It's very lovely. And you know, as women, it goes straight to our hearts. Oh, this makes me want to go. Twelve dollars. You got it. Unbelievable. Have you read the right hand? I just was given to it me, but I haven't had time because I've been so busy with life. Amazing. Who carries cash? I'll give you <laughs> Helmet. I did my bike. <laughs> I had to lock it up for the night. So beautiful. <laughs>